powered up. We have had to conform to a certain social game. And so we are in a constant state of competition. In terms of that competition, we can, of course, lose place. And in that sense, make mistakes. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake. Welcome, everybody, to Friends of Failure. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my co-host, Megan. hey And uh, at this point, it's it's probably not even funny, um, but I, I do <laughs> want to introduce you to... Uh, Here it it's it's, it's uh, Sam and Megan again. Um, we, we did it. Yeah, we, we secured the guest <laughs> once again. I think, uh, I think it's funny because it naturally kind of happened this way due to schedule conflicts and, you know, putting pieces together and, and functioning life. as, yeah. as yeah, participants of life. Um, but I think it's funny because, you know, it was like a one, two, three, right. We didn't have to do like yeah. one or two. It was like a little trilogy. And then, you, you know, it's basically uh, Lord of the Rings, but no budget. And um, <laughs> it's not like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> at all no i i wish i knew the ending to lord of the rings something about a ring guys somebody Oof. gets uh i'm gonna have to hang up I, I gotta go <laughs> i the problem was is i watched the first one um i had a friend who was like hey dude i can't believe you never watched it which he was more into the like fantasy realm like you know especially with the medieval touch to it oh yeah and i and and like i i get why why people are attracted to that but i you know, the I, I like more of the sci-fi, go down the rabbit hole kind of movies. Like, I want to leave the movie kind of like, my, my ears are bleeding. Yeah, yeah, my ears are bleeding because there was something that ruptured inside my... No. Um, <laughs> so I watched the first one and I actually enjoyed it. Uh, and then I binge watched two and three back to back. And I hated it because I was sitting there for... It's too long. I don't know. Yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. I mean, dude, more than 30 minutes and I can barely sit still. So that's on me. Um, (laughs) If you guys take anything from today's episode, Lord of the Rings, guys, there can only be one. Right. (laughs) All right. So, um, yo, how are you doing? I'm good. Doing the things. Living living the dream. Living Uh, the the Vita Loca or whatever they say. It's from Shrek. So this is not like a cultural reference. (laughs) Well, so it, it was a crazy, it was a crazy weekend, a very great weekend. Uh, but before I get into that, yesterday, I, or last night, I got to go see Deftones Live, something I've been waiting for since uh, Christmas. Um, I was gifted two tickets. So my brother and I went and the first time I saw Deftones, uh, it was at a place called the Republic in Hawaii. Damn. Um, 10 years ago. My buddy called me and he goes, hey, dude, uh, I got tickets. We're going to the show. And I'm like, bro, we got to work like blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I don't want to hear it. He's like, we're going to the show. Like I'm driving. We're doing it. It's happening. I'm very grateful for that. It was a, a way smaller venue. So like the lead singer, his name's Chino. I just I talk about him like I know him. I don't know him. Uh, <laughs> Best I, friends. <laughs> I, yeah, BFFs in my brain. Um but so uh, Chino several times with the way they have the music, he would, you know, set up the drop and then he would dive into the crowd. And, um, you know, he's not a small guy. Like he's a, <laughs> he's a human being. And so this was a lot larger venue. I had pretty decent seats. Like they were comfortable. So I wasn't like mosh pitting or anything. Um, but there, there was no stage dives. And I was like, ah, you know, that makes sense, you know been a decade he's probably doesn't physically want to do that anymore (laughs) but but wow uh two main differences for me was the republic was so small i mean obviously there was a little bit of lighting but it was it was his presence and the band's presence that was the show this had a lot more like lasers and fog (laughs) machines and like it was was (laughs) dude i i was like i was loving it um and he still has a lot of that power to be able to do some of his screams um, live. So 
I actually posted it uh, with something on on the Instagram story today. The the ending part, he has the scream, and he did that live. I, I mean, he did that live, and I was like, oh my god! So I'm still actually like stunned from just the show last night. But um, I traveled uh, for the first time in like over a year. Uh, I, I jumped on a little airplane and went to uh, went to Arizona. Did the thing, getting out and about. Yeah, you know, uh, it was nice because like, you know, the the airports weren't super crazy. Uh, people weren't trying to kill each other because of masks or whatever other reasons. People were like circle pitting in, in airplanes. Mosh pitting in the airport. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, we went the route where it was cheaper to go from here to El Paso to Phoenix. And so uh, that was kind of weird because technically El Paso is in a different time zone than we are. Yeah. And I, I had forgotten forget, about that. I forgot they had an airport, honestly. Like, I don't think I've ever been through there. So probably an interesting layover. It was quick. It was quick. Uh, it definitely is a small little, small yeah. little spot, um, but it got the job done. And, uh, you know, I had never been to Arizona, so that was pretty cool. I was out there for a, an event, a conference, um, for, I guess I'll call it work. And and so it was really cool. I was around a lot of great people and whatnot, but, you know, it it was a a really awesome experience, but, you know, there was a schedule and then, you know, we had to get out of there and come back to, to our daily lives. So I didn't really get to explore, Oddly, that was the same experience I had with Phoenix. I was there for a weekend to do like an interview mm-hmm. and that was it. <laughs> and yeah, it was bizarre. Like I got to see cactuses for a minute when I was in an Uber and I was like, all right, bye. I'm going to go sit in an office building <laughs> for a day. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, so technically we were in Tempe, Arizona. That's uh, I'm, I, I'm, probably saying it wrong but i don't think it's temp i don't know um what's interesting is it was obvious that we were kind of in a college town spot yeah Yeah. um just the spots that were available the the way the apartments and and whatnot were situated you could tell it was meant for younger individuals going to college but um there were some pretty cool things out there I think my favorite part about it, you know, other than all the the experiences that I had with the function I was at was the dry air. Mm. You like it? I do. It reminds me of a, a very interesting time in my life. And I wouldn't want to I don't think I would want to live in a very dry area for very long because it catches up to you. Like, I think I think it was the. The night that I got back, I actually tried to like, you know, I I had been flying all day, whatever. So I was like, hey, I should try to clear out my sinuses. And I blew my nose and I was like, there it is. Like my my sinuses had obviously bled a little bit. Yeah. And so so that that's the only downfall I think of like dry other than skin getting all. It's the nosebleeds for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like when I went to Phoenix, it was July. So it was like 100 plus degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're about to talk about travel fails. My fail was I had that interview and then I looked up like places nearby to kill time before I needed to be at the airport. And there was, you know, like a shopping district. So I was in a f- suit, like basically like <laughs> the full thing. And I just, you know, Ubered to this, the shopping district and started walking around. I was so uncomfy by the end of it, like not not a good place, not great planning. And then I had to get on an airplane. <laughs> it was like, great. Yeah. Perfect. It's difficult with traveling because I, I mean, even some of those longer flights, right? I mean, you're, you're sitting there and, you know, I, I had a conversation with someone one time and they were like, God, like um, it was basically like, they had started using um, uh, a natural deodorant because, because there, there are some deodorants that put like aluminum and all 
Yeah, I, I, I worked at Whole Foods for a minute and uh, I've been down that path and maybe there's a natural deodorant that works out there, but I never found it. Yeah. No. And so you want to know what it is? If it, And so it, it was weird because I took a second to think about it and your armpits, your, your I mean, all of it, right? Like you're, you're meant to expel toxins by sweating. The armpits are a, a very key yeah. uh, place that this happens, which is where we get those sweaty armpits uh, smelling real tasty as the kids would say, right. but Oh God. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that if you actually are able to generate a routine where you're able to eat fairly clean all the time uh, and you're able to ingest a lot less of the toxicity that is just pumped into our bodies all day, every day um, you would stink less. It gets ahead of it. Yeah. So there you go. Eat clean and you can stop wearing deodorant. Well, cause I'm, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, isn't that why it stinks is because it's, it's junk. It's, it's, I mean, sounds right. I, I'm not a scientist though. So <laughs> I try, I tried doing a natural deodorant for a little while and uh, I just don't do uh, antiperspirant. I don't do the one that's supposed to make it to where you don't sweat. Like I just do the one that it, your sweat and the deodorant mixed together. Odor blocking. Is, yeah. Yeah. So deodorant is the odor blocking. The antiperspirant is like, let's clog those armpits. So nothing comes out. You don't get sweaty, you know, pits, but sweaty pits are part of whatever you're doing. <laughs> like, dude, it it, yeah, it's inevitable. I could put a whole block of deodorant into my armpit and I'm still, I think growing up in Texas, it's just going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It is. Um, you know, and so anyway, uh, out of that tangent back to traveling. Yeah. So with Arizona being dry, I, I was fortunate enough that I did get the opportunity when I was in the Marines to go to Afghanistan. And I think that's kind of weird for people to hear that sometimes, but when you're in when you're in something like that, that is a part of the the journey. That is part of it's. It was expected, but when I was in, uh, that was starting to kind of slow down a little bit. Um, not so much for, I would say, everyone, but for what I was a part of and what I was doing. If we weren't needed there for specific things, it was like, all right, we need to figure out a better way to utilize people, right? You, you know, I, I had buddies that, that, you know, they were soldiers in the army and they would get sent to like a different part of Af Afghanistan, but they'd have to be there for like, I think I remember one guy telling me like 13 months, like it was over a year that they would have to be there. Yeah, That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, everybody'd be like, yeah, but they're not in a war zone or they're not in any danger. And I was like, you're still in Afghanistan and you're still there for 13 months. Like that, that, that was crazy to me, but I miss the desert sometimes. Yeah, you I mean, spend enough time there. There's something about the desert that I think is very necessary. And uh, I recently heard someone describe the desert as the opposite of the ocean. Accurate. And, and where they were like, the ocean is the like more positive end of the spectrum. The desert is the negative. The ocean is terrifying. <laughs> right. And, and so... I think it's all about perspective. Uh, if I had to choose the, the desert or the, or the ocean, right. Um, I would choose the desert. Yeah. Same. Now, now, now I'm the guy that's like, Hey dude, I want to get on YouTube and I want to be able to, you know, bottom of the ocean floor and watch those videos all day long. I don't want to interact with it. I mean, all right. So the very first time I ever got on a plane was like 2007. A buddy of mine goes, man, I haven't seen it since high school, whatever it was. It had been like maybe six months. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, what are you up to? And he's like, I'm actually about to go to Hawaii because there's like a, a wedding or whatever. I was like, dang, dude, I wish I could go. And then he basically was like, well, I could ask my family out there if they would let you stay with us, but do you want to go? And so I jumped on a plane. I got to go to Hawaii for the first time, which, you know, hindsight, I didn't have any idea that I was going to join the Marine Corps and then be stationed in Hawaii. So it was cool to see it from the locals perspective in the, yeah. and then I guess from the military perspective, uh, even though the military perspective is a lot of people hate you 
um, if you're stationed on that island. I don't blame them. Anywho, so uh, so like that was the first time I, f- I flew and that was like the last time I had flown. And then I joined the Marines and I like traveled everywhere. Yeah. So so I got to go to like the desert in 29 Palms. Wow. The desert in California, which was 29 Palms. And that to me, it gets old fast, but I, I, I get I kind of get the allure of it all. Um, yeah, I. I don't think I could live there, but like we, we went to white sands in New Mexico Oh yeah, and that was fucking amazing. And I, I think what solidified it for me, cause it was a very long road trip. So up until that point, I was probably like a preteen and I was not having it. It's a boring drive if you're a preteen and there's not, you know, smartphones, <laughs> it was not fun. And then we got mm. there and they're like, Hey, so Here's some pretty sand dunes. They're very white. Uh, here's a sled. Go down it. And you're like, really? This is this is what we do here? And they're like, it's pretty much all you can do. <laughs> and it's fucking dope. It was really cool. And my parents were big on like traveling when we were young. And it was a lot of mundane driving or stuff that was very boring to a child. And then cool shit. And eventually you learn that's, you know, kind of life in a way like sometimes you're just driving but then you get to do cool shit so it's worth it i've always wanted to go there um mostly because i want to i want to sled but it's uh yeah i'm a sledder in general even with snow like i've never snowboarded never skied give me a sled that sounds yeah. right right my like my speed it's the one that i think requires the least amount of balance which is why i think i'm all about it um <laughs> I, you know, so I remember like we got to Afghanistan and I got out and I remember feeling like I was in a scene from like Star Wars because it, I mean, the, the ground itself seemed foreign to me. Like every step you would take, there'd be these little poofs of dust because it was so yeah, whatever. Right. And uh, just the way the mountains were. And, and I, I think one of the, really important parts of traveling is at first it was all about the experience go somewhere and experience something different but like you go to hawaii yeah there's a lot more green and tropical out there but all the cities it's it's just another version right like dallas texas honolulu hawaii like it's all really the same thing in in terms of like a downtown structure and eventually figuring out that these spaces, uh, I guess, within places can be very important to the shift in perspective. But I, I also don't, it's like, if you want to learn something, you don't read a book and then put it down and never read it again. You probably need to go over it in multiple ways or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that was something, I, I don't know if you would call it a failure, but I was naive and didn't understand in the beginning and now when I travel, I try to be way more open to the opportunity of, oh, wait, like we're about to go sledding on these like white sands. Like, OK, or, you know, I've, I've had some unique opportunities that I, I wanted to have expected because downtown environments freak me out. I feel like no one's paying attention and going way too fast all the time. Well, yeah, as a pedestrian, like I recently went to New York and they don't care if you live or die obviously like you've seen even in movies that's how it's portrayed but literally like walking down the street you're like i am in danger <laughs> not even just from the like people or strangers but like a car a motorcyclist whatever but it, it's kind of like similar everywhere but you have that same danger if you're lost in the desert and you don't know how to survive if you look at it that way but yeah perspective i i've had kind of that shift too of where i would get really anxious or scared about a new environment because i i didn't know how to prepare for it and like you know you kind of map things out on or you're like if you're comfortable it's second nature but eventually it was more of like it's worth being uncomfortable it's worth not knowing what's going to happen it's actually more exciting if you let that kind of 
rollout, um, maybe plan some stuff. I'm not saying just fly to a foreign city and freestyle it, <laughs> like plan some things, but like I went to Seattle with my best friend and we had zero plans for like a long weekend. We were just going to see some friends, stay with them. And we just walked the city and like hung out and did whatever the fuck we wanted. And it was great. It was wonderful. It, zero stress because we didn't plan anything. <laughs> there was nowhere to be like, we just had some things like, oh, it'd be nice if we saw that. And then at the end of it, we saw some of those things, not all. And it was good. Yeah. I think people kind of figure this out in different ways, but traveling is a, in my brain, I, I kind of look at it as a fast track to realizing that control other than the control of self is a complete illusion. Um, and, you know, we, we all have this generic banter that we all learn, you know, how's the weather or, Oh boy, looks like a storm or bro. I, if a tornado sits down on top of this apartment right now, uh, getting in the bathtub is not going to save me probably, you know, but <laughs> I'll still get in that bathtub because that's, that's what I know is the control of that situation. And as I try to develop more responsibility strictly for myself, I figure out that no matter how my brain tries to rationalize the concept of control, the only actual control is of the self. And even then that's a whole battle because like in some cases you need some assistance, right? Well, um, assistance or you're blind to some of it too. And you're just not going to see what you're failing at or what you right. missed. Yeah. So one thing that I, I used to try to force things. And one thing that I learned was if, if you're going for vacation or to explore a new place on the planet and you plan out like a crazy schedule and you're more busy than you were when you're in your day, your day, you're, yeah. you're going to go back and you're just going to be messed up and so i learned to two things i learned one especially if you're going to be there for more than two days you should take a day to just enjoy doing nothing like my brother and i we went to new mexico in 21 and the whole goal was like let's get to carlsbad caverns check it out and then after that it was kind of do what we want to do yeah. um and, you know, the, the reality was, is there was still a lot of things in New Mexico that they hadn't figured out how they were dealing with, with the COVID shift, trying to find the new norm or whatever. Yeah. And dude, at one point, like we were just kind of going, I mean, like ever since, ever since that trip, we talk about all the time of trying to, trying to allow yourself to go with the, the flow. Yeah. Because there is a natural flow of energy that's happening around us all the time. And if you can hone in on it or recognize it, you know, it's one thing to, hey, man, like rents do. And you're like, ah, I'm going with the flow. And then you have to pay the rent. <laughs> you're like, it'll that, work itself out. Yeah, it's, it, I, it's, I think it's of, not what that means. you know. No. <laughs> I think of um, Finding Nemo, I, weird reference, but like the current scene where the turtle, you know, is there and have you seen finding nemo am i explaining it <laughs> well so i remember there was like a tortoise like he was like kind of like a, a beach dude and no, then i think i remember turtle. there was like a yeah and there's like a little baby turtle is that what yeah. you're talking about yeah yeah the whole point is they're in the riptide in the ocean and the main character martin marlin something he gets caught in it and he just has to fucking go with it. And they're like, dude, just chill out. Don't fight it. Like you just gotta go with the flow. And they're definitely like stoner-ish, surfer-ish children's characters. <laughs> um, but that's kind of where my head goes to immediately is that character, the main character is very nervous, obviously anxious, lost his child. A little more extreme than traveling. But if you're anxious and worked up of we need to be here by this time, then we have this event, then we have that event and like never allowing like organic life to happen and, you know, just seeing what unfolds, then you're not going to get those spontaneous kind of unique experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
I think there's probably a, a, a truth to people go on vacation to escape their reality, right? And yeah. and I would probably I would probably argue that it's more people than not that when they go traveling, it's because they want to escape. And so what happens is is that you you can't escape yourself and the self is where like that that's probably and I guess that's why I keep saying it over and over is from all the traveling I did it just reiterated that like if you're if you're really depressed and you're like all right I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to escape reality whatever you depressed is the one going to Europe have we talked about the Adam Sandler SNL yeah so that's what uh, it was i did it on yeah. i did it on an episode he's like hey just do me a favor and you know if you're if if you're really upset with the with you know uh whoever uh don't come here and think that 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 you're not going to be upset you're you're, you're still going to be upset 100 percent. i'll save you the money because he, he was like a travel agent just trying yeah. to be realistic with people like hey you're still gonna be sad if you're sad in europe yeah like, <laughs> uh, like I, I don't sit down and religiously watch SNL. And there are a lot of people that always do the whole thing of like, well, if it wasn't this cast from this time, it's yeah. not good anymore. I would argue that all television is absolute garbage. <laughs> so if you get that out of the way, there the are extreme. little, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's a, a genuine purpose in our lives to have it. Do I still enjoy it? Yes. Um, but I think that, and if, if there was a such thing as a utopia on this planet, I don't think TVs would be there. I, I really mean... don't. So anyway, the SNL <laughs> skit, right? Uh, Just so, polarizing comment and then moving on. Yeah. Well, so, so Adam Sandler had like jumped on, uh, you know, for, I think it was because he was doing that, uh, something gems movie, uh, that was oh, supposed to be uncut gems. It was like supposed the, to be like a. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a really intense movie, but it, I got like two seconds into it, and his accent that he was trying to do, I was like, "I'm Too not going to be able to listen." <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be able to listen to that for a long time. So I think he went on SNL, which was like, "Oh man, like he's returned, right?" And so I was happy to see he had a couple of skits that it had like his vibe to it, you know, because yeah. sometimes the comedians and stuff go on there, and you can tell that the. It kind of just went with the the humor of whoever's writing the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, finding the the flow and, and being able to, you know, just chill out. Well, to kind of let it happen in a way. And we kind of just said, if you're sad here, you're going to be sad there. But that doesn't mean that, like, say you want to take a solo trip or say you are trying to break out of a routine with someone else and you schedule a trip with that intention. Like, you're going into it like, I'm going to explore some things. Some of it's relaxing. Some of it's deep. Some of it's in the middle. But, like, I follow this TikToker and she moved to Scotland, like, on a whim not saying to do that but also saying it's a dream it sounds great (laughs) but she very much like from her content at least went there originally as a vacation to kind of find herself and do those things and escape like her her day-to-day life in the u.s and then came on some realizations and found out hey i can actually make this happen and started finding, you know, a career path and the right visa and like putting the pieces together and letting it flow into what it is now, which is her living in another country and being happier because she wasn't happy with like her old life. So it can happen yeah. in various ways. I'm not saying that's everyone's truth that because there's the other thing of just because you traveled somewhere and you liked it doesn't mean you would like to live there. There's a difference. And uh- I always say that about Hawaii. Yeah, there's a reality behind that because Hawaii has a price tag um, along with it. Plus, I'm sure a bunch of other things. Well, like for me, um, living on an island just doesn't make sense to me because I don't own a plane, <laughs> which that that doesn't make sense either. I get that. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I'm the guy that I, I drove back from a wedding in California for 19 hours. I just did 19 hours straight. Like, was it fun? No, but it was a, 
it was a thing that I did. And I was grateful that I had the ability that if I wanted to drive for 19 hours, I could on Hawaii. I think you can drive around Oahu in <laughs> less than two hours. Yeah. You'd need it's a boat. I just see you in a canoe, like out into the deep. <laughs> Do you notice how I went instead of saying, Hey, I could just own a boat and try to travel back. I was like, I have to have a plane because I ain't, I'm not getting on a boat. I hate boats. You don't have to talk me into that one. Um, I'm all, if you like cruises, fucking go for it. Good for you. I've heard it's like a great time. I'm going to try it. I would have to be talked into it. Dude, think about it. Here's my plan, right? So I've flown to everywhere that I've traveled to, except for, uh, instead of going to Afghanistan a second time, we did a whole workup. We got ready to go. And they're like, hey, we're not going to Afghanistan. And what's funny is most of us were pretty upset about that. One, we we were working up to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, for whatever reason, they shifted it. Worked out great for me because I ended up going to Okinawa, Japan. And then I got to go to like Fuji. I got to go to Tokyo. I got to do some really cool stuff. I I want to go. Like, I'm not going to lie. I look at those fr- flight prices constantly. Like just for Tokyo, any of it, any like Japanese airport that can just get me there and not cost like a fortune. But I mean, I mean, pick one and then create the fortune to pay the cost, right? Uh, or learn to teleport. Credit card, got it. So I had to get on. Um, I have no idea what kind of transport this was. I'm pretty sure they called it like a HSB. Uh, which probably just stood for like high speed vessel. Like it, it, it's not even like a technical, but it was this giant boat. Um, and it was big enough to put like vehicles on it and a bunch of um, equipment, weapons, all that stuff. And like, boom, it goes. And I learned that um, being on a boat that size around the 24 hour mark, Uh, I either have to lay down and ride it out or I'm just going to get perpetually nauseous. I don't know why that when I lay down, the nauseous feeling went away, but um, it has to do with something in your ears that like gives you kind of the seasickness, but I can't tell you because I've never been on an ocean (laughs) vessel. I've been on lakes and that's about it. And the, the thing that like, the ocean scares me. So, you know, that, but in our travels, we toured a bunch of like naval ships or like old, you know, old ass boats and that kind of stuff, (laughs) that kind of, you know, fun activity. And every time it gave me, except for the one like in Scotland, that one was like a luxury liner that would have been dope. But, uh, the other ones, it's just like a bunch of metal and like, it just feels very confining. I'm sure a cruise is not the same as like an old Navy vessel. A little nicer, I've heard. But I would get claustrophobic. And the only place to go is water for miles. And I guess it goes back to the control thing. Like I can't control a boat. I can't control a plane. But the boat seems worse for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I think you're 100% right. I mean, there was a point we we were leaving one place going to the other and instead of taking an Uber, someone was like, hey, just like get in the car. So I, I'm, a, I'm a smaller guy. So I was like, hey, I'll get in the back. You can load people in. And I got back there and I all of a sudden was like, my body had that instinctive reaction of, hey, if something happens, you're trapped. Um, there is no like punching your way through something to get out. It's yeah. you're stuck. And I had to sit there and I had to accept that it was okay to feel that way. And then go, if it's that bad, say something and get out. And I was like, well, it's not that bad. And so I just sat in that anxiety for a little bit. And what was weird is I just started to kind of focus on my breathing. And the anxiety didn't go away. Like that, It's not like the happy ending <laughs> to the story. I was just able to sit in it. You could survive kind it. Of, yeah. I managed myself, right? Something that's that's really weird about traveling too, is that, you know, I haven't been in Hawaii since 2013 and 
I would go back expecting feelings and perspectives that I was back then. But that's another thing, right? Like you, if I were to go back now, yeah. one, I would hope in 10 plus years, like Hawaii's changed and grown and whatever, but um, it definitely you, you has know, like every place. Yeah. Right. And, and probably some good ways, some bad ways. Um, and that, that would be something that I, I learned while traveling too, is um, you have no idea what kind of people are like, even if you're just traveling the States, you'll get to areas and be like, like, why are there a bunch of this type of people here, right? Like Florida. <laughs> or, dude, I, I mean, like, that's an easy one, right? Because it's always on the news, right? But, like, dude, there are times that you end up, I'm trying to, okay, like, Tennessee. I got to go to Tennessee in 2012 and went through Nashville. That was nothing like I thought it would be from all the stuff that I heard about, you know, uh, what do they call it? The music capital the, of the world or whatever? Yeah, and also the Grand Old Opry and, like, all that country music, jazz. Yeah. yeah, so I got out there, and there were some cool places, but I didn't feel like everything I thought in my head was just silly, stupid stuff of everybody singing country all the time and, you, you know, whatever. Nothing is what it seems. Well, the, the place it's – so it can either be, like, you set something up in your mind, either from research or movies or whatever, of this is going to be my experience, and you get there and it's not. Or if it's like a place you've already been, it's literally changed, and you're going back and experiencing that. Or you've changed, and you've gone back and go, oh, I didn't notice that. Don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> or like, whatever it is. Or both. Yeah. So one thing I've never done yet is... Yes, I've gotten on a, like, I've been dropped off at an airport. I've gotten on a plane and by myself, right? But I've never planned a travel uh, that I, I went by myself. Like, I got to a destination. I, I It was just me. Um, because in my brain, it was very much drilled into, like, my soul that you should always have someone there with you. I think that there is a truth to that being said in terms of safety yeah. um because one person gets snatched up and the other one doesn't at least the other person can try to find a group of people to come looking for you right or like if just something happens and you're in a foreign hospital like there's someone right. there and you're yeah I, when i was a kid i saw a movie called broke down palace do, do you know what i'm talking about no um um Kate Beckinsale and Claire Danes, I believe, were the two like female leads. They were the main characters. Um, so they went to like Bang Bangladesh or something like that. And then on their way back, these guys that they were like kind of hanging around, you find out they they had like hid drugs in their luggage or whatever. Yeah. So these girls are like on their way to like go to the airport, go home, and next thing they know, they're like in a foreign country in prison. Yeah. Um, and nobody cares what they have to say and whatever. I don't remember much more other than that. But even as a kid, I had this weird thing of, you know, the whole story is they didn't do anything wrong except for interact with the wrong people. And then they were kind of sabotaged and put into, you know, a prison situation. At least in, in, in a messed up way, it's like at least the two of them had each other during that experience, right? Like they weren't totally alone, but... And it's, it's hard because, yeah, that is a possibility. It, it is, realistically, bad things happen. But if you can go with the flow, but also plan for your safety, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like, like, you can't plan for everything. But you can, you know, not leave your bag unattended. You can make sure you're traveling at safe times if you're, like, a woman alone or something like that. Like, take precautions where... It, there's a lower percentage of something as fucked up as that or worse to happen. Uh, I never leave a drink, right? I always take it with me or whatever. And I've had people are like, just leave it here. I was like, nope. Probably and <laughs> I think, I think some people, they have never had to think about that. Um, but that is definitely something you, you, you do not want to do 
in a in a place that at least you're not familiar with, right? And it's not necessarily anything to do with those people in that area, but just the fact that if somebody were to mess with you, you're an easy target, right? Yeah. Because um, I think something that's really funny is you, you can have some life-changing experiences, even if you just travel to a different state, but especially if you go to another country, right? Yeah. And you can, and you can meet people that will surprise you, you, you know, all age groups, all professions. I mean, so many different mindsets out there. But there are genuine people who naturally, I think, resonate in a frequency of just like they're more in tune with love than they are being malicious. But I've had I've had times, man, where I've gone to places and they were like, oh, you look like a human being like, fuck you. And I'd be like, I'm just trying to order a KFC at a at a I think I was in Japan. Uh, and I just thought it'd be funny to order KFC in Japan because I figured out one of my buddies went into a McDonald's in Japan and they have different stuff. They have different stuff, but also in Japan, Christmas, they get KFC. I just learned about that. But continue your story <laughs> being verbally assaulted at a KFC. <laughs> well, so their whole thing was I'm standing there trying to figure it out and... I don't even think this was like a local person. I think it was another tourist. Oh my gosh. And they were like, get the fuck out of the way. And I was yeah. like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to soak in, you know, KFC in Japan. It um, probably wasn't really an, another different. American. Like, yeah. No, 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 that, no, no. They, they had a boomerang and something about <laughs> a Bobby and a, no, um, <laughs> I couldn't pick up what it was. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, that was British. And I don't think it was Australian. I, I remember it sounding. Maybe. So it sounded like something. Yeah. It sounded like something I hadn't heard of before. I couldn't even. Yeah, dude. I, I don't even know. That, it could have been an alien. I don't I don't know. It could have just been like somebody pretending <laughs> to be one of Making noises. Us. Yeah. It yeah. reminds me, like, I have a vivid memory of walking down the street in the UK at some point and. Like, this is with my family. I was probably 15-ish. And, like, cobblestone street, beautiful UK, like, city. And then a dude in a fucking tracksuit started walking towards us. And he just started yelling shit. And my parents just quickly taking us into the nearest shop, which was, like, a Turkish coffee shop. And they're like, we're having coffee now. <laughs> That's it. Going it's with the 4, flow. 4 p.m. having coffee. We're going to sit in here until he passes. And he just walked past the window, still fucking like screaming down the street. Like that happened in Arizona Sunday morning. It was pretty early, like 7 a.m., I think, somewhere around there. But uh, there's a guy at a stoplight. Like we were waiting for an Uber, right? There's a guy at a stoplight. And I mean, he is like screaming and a lot of F bombs, a lot of. I don't know. So, and then it turned into like, it doesn't even matter. Blah. And so now we're looking at it. There's no one around that he's yelling at. So I'm like, is he yelling at us? But we were pretty far away. It wouldn't have made sense. And then as he's driving, man, he was just screaming. So maybe that yeah. was the guy in Japan. Maybe you're right. It's the same guy in all three scenarios. And he's, oh just, my gosh. he's just mad anywhere he goes. And that's what happens if you don't enjoy traveling and go with the flow. It's the the meme with uh, Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where I'm pretty sure he's got like something on the wall. There's a bunch of yarn connecting oh, yeah, things. Yeah. He's <laughs> holding a cigarette, and his eyes look like he's been awake for three days. That guy, um, but an Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very like what late '90s vibe. Yeah, um, it's a look. It's definitely a look. <laughs> I love tracksuits, and I've only owned one I, uh, but i never really wore it i i never like the juicy like velour looking or like the knockoffs were kind of popular when i was in school but yeah we could not afford the real thing so i did not ever have one uh but what i recently acquired is my grandma's like fucking windbreaker tricks <laughs> oh, and boy. i'm i'm gonna bust that set out at some point when it gets cold again and gonna be great i cannot do windbreaker material 
because the uh, <laughs> yeah uh and people are like oh you don't like the style no i can't be around it i literally will leave a room uh and one time one of my friends thought it was funny so he's like hey i'm gonna wear a tracksuit and i was like hey dude i i can't like it it, it makes my skin crawl from underneath I and was going to make a joke about like wearing it next time we hang out, but uh... I would. Well, so he, he was like, I'm going to follow you. And so I was like, Hey, please stop following me. I'm being genuine here. And he was like, ha ha ha. And then I had to be a jackass and over like, uh, tracksuit. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what that material is. What is that? Uh, pretty sure it's what they make the space shuttle out of. Guess I'm not going to space either. Yeah. No spacesuit because it just goes <laughs> in the vacuum of space. Just <laughs> I, I, I wish I understood why it does that. I don't know if maybe I, I have no idea. It's basically plastic, but in cloth form. Like, yeah. Yeah, but that noise, it, 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 it there's no logical reasoning for what it does uh, to my. Everyone has that noise. Um, my, if I like have tennis shoes that squeak when I walk like on certain floors, I go like insane. I cannot do it. Uh, I either throw them away or like wear them hiking a few times on like gravel and dirt to get rid of it. Cause it, it's like a single squeak and I'm like, I can't work out. I'm done. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I get it. Um, I definitely will bail on a pair of shoes if I can't get the squeaking to stop. Sometimes it's just like weird places. Like I, I've noticed it was always like federal buildings, but somehow the way they wax the floors, you could be barefoot and your foot would make the squeaking sound. Yeah, you could have sandpaper like flip flops and it would still just be like squeak. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Dane Cook had a joke back in the day where he was like, what the, what the hell are up with uh parking garages somebody would be going like two miles an hour making a slight turn and it just sounds like someone's tricking yeah. in a 1970s police chase it's oh man echoes man i was uh i traveled to houston like a few weeks ago and we went to it's basically an old post office from the 80s that they someone bought during covid it, it like was condemned basically. And they made it into a food court, kind of like a Japanese style food court. Um, and then the rooftop is like a park, which is amazing, but the building's massive. And my friend was telling me that it was built like around the cold war and they had like basically telephone built into the not like a literal telephone, but like cups, the game telephone built into the tubing of the whole thing. So they could like whisper shit or you know, be like, so-and-so's a commie and like that kind of stuff. And I was like, maybe you're right, but also <laughs> really in the whole design of a building, but there, there were little openings and stuff. I don't know what the point of that story was, but it was just <laughs> a bizarre Unique. experience. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I assumed that the floors were squeaky and uh... they were squeaky and um, yeah, that place was a trip. That was one of those things where like I had no plans. I was just going to meet up with a friend. We went to a random place and it was fucking dope. Uh, I lived in Houston for nearly 20 plus years, never found anything that cool. And that's not a dig at Houston, but like. I was like pleasantly surprised going back and finding something like that. For sure. That's yeah. why it's, it's good to go back. I I've always had a dream of buying a, um, well, honestly, I guess it doesn't matter elementary, middle or a high school building that is no longer in use. And I love the idea of turning it into um, like, if it, um, so my high school that I went to right after I left, they tore it down uh, essentially and and like redid it. Um, there's still, I think, a little bit of the original school there, but, you know, it just Basically. looks like a prison. Yeah, it, it, it honestly looks like a prison now. It's kind of crazy. Um, but if I were to like take my old high school layout or, or whatever and like cut the building in half or put it in sections, 
I mean, I think that would be four really awesome games of paintball. Um, <laughs> I was waiting to see where this was going, and yeah, it, I, well, it was a I, I it, it, it's always been that. Like, I've always wanted to buy like a a, a school and turn it into a, a a paintball kind of arena. But I I also think it would just be cool to buy like an old bank or somewhere that has like a giant vault and then just have that. Well, like, um, I get really into HGTV. I don't know what was wrong with me as a child, but like, I liked seeing houses and stuff. The favorite shows were the ones where they took those kinds of buildings and then made it into a house, like a mm -hmm. bank into a house, or, you know, they put their fucking clothes in the, the vault and they're like, haha, we show dinner guests and like that kind of stuff. Uh, or like a fire, like an old firehouse. And they're like, yeah, there's a pole. We don't use it like for that. But <laughs> uh, it, it was always cool to see something repurposed. I thought you were going to say apartment buildings and then the paintball. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I see it. Be a That'd bitch be to clean. But <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't gotten into logistics about it. I mean, it, it's really interesting because as I've. I. I've always been a social butterfly. Um, I've always been able to talk to people. Um, but if you like really deep dive it, it was probably more of a defense mechanism back in the day that turned into a skill, uh, like a skill set. I don't know. I talk to people who have a lot of money sometimes. And if you talk about building homes and it actually turns into a real conversation, there will be people that will tell you how many houses are out there that have secret passageways have, you know, safe rooms is something that people know about, but having like almost like a bunker that if you have no idea that it's there and you have no idea how to access, access it, you would never find it. Yeah. Um, growing up, I had a few wealthy friends that had like crazy mansions. And for me, it was like, Holy shit, is this real? But one of them, I remember I was like, fifth or sixth grade I went over to her house for the first time and like already giant mansion and I'm like this is crazy you live here and it's just like your family like it looks like an apartment like it's huge and then she's like hey I gotta show you that she had like two bedrooms like a playroom her bedroom her bedroom had like two fucking beds in it I was just like blown away and she's like come here like look at this and it was a bookshelf I was like, okay. And then she pushed it and there was a whole nother fucking room. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's it's, what I want. It, yeah, that girl was living the dream like early on. And then I go home and I'm like, where's my fucking bookshelf? Ours don't move. <laughs> like... <laughs> we don't even have books on our bookshelf. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, my niece watched the show I don't know how much she actually watched of it, but it was called big city greens. And there's this main character. I'm pretty sure his name is cricket. Um, but he is basically a direct representation of me as a child, um, like a hillbilly ADD nut job, um, which, you know, I did really well with that, but uh, his best friend, apparently they're super wealthy and have a mansion. And so you get this kid in there. Who's just like, and he's at this mansion and, I was like, I don't know if that's how I would have acted uh, if I would have acted that way. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure if I would have went into a mansion as a kid, I would have just been, don't touch anything because mom and dad, they do not need to pay that bill. <laughs> yeah. Later in life, when it was like high school and going to parties in rich kids' houses, that went away. <laughs> and we were like, you have the money, you can pay for it. Not that I was going in there and like smashing vases <laughs> and shit, but um we didn't care because we were teenagers. <laughs> You're asking your best friend to slam you through drywall just because they won't care. They have money. <laughs> yeah, they won't even notice. <laughs> I think it's funny how we kind of went from traveling to rich houses. It took a turn, but I'm not mad. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, if anything, hopefully this is just like a, a lighthearted conversation that people can enjoy. You know. We are, I think we are about to go back into the realm of your, oh. your regular, your regularly scheduled programming. So that's cool. 
Dude, it's been weeks since we've had a guest. Oh my God. It is weird because, I mean, and we book out. So like, I don't think we've ever allowed ourselves the space to do three in a row since maybe the very beginning, which like we're coming up on a year and like two months-ish. Ish. Yeah, summertime. Yeah, so um, I think it's good to do every once in a while. It's kind of nuts to think about. Yeah. Time flies. Uh, I'm assuming for like the one year uh, episode or whatever, uh, it has to be the the failures of the podcast <laughs> and like trying to figure it out. Uh, I mean, probably like we got to eat our humble pie or whatever the thing is. Our failure pie. I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll plan to try to go back and watch like a couple of the first episodes. Oh, uh, I need to like talk myself into that. I need the strength to, I can do it. I can do it. It's fine. You like show up with a bottle of like Jim Beam and they're like, <laughs> what is that for? And you're like, I'm about to watch one of the first episodes of my podcast. Like, I'm already <laughs> drunk by the way. <laughs> yeah. This is the second bottle. Um, dude. Cool. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to see what's next. You know what I mean? We gotta just go with the flow. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought about is starting a um, last week on you know Friends of Failure podcast and like say some elaborate thing that never happened and then like <laughs> introduce the podcast and the guest and it would be perfect after like an episode that we did because they'd be like, what did they talk about? It would be Did funny, you... but it would confuse the fuck out of our guest. <laughs> it just probably confused me. I'd go back, listen to it and be like, what happened last weekend? You uh, rode a camel through an Ikea? Like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> next week on, right? Uh, do, do Did you want to cover Megan's Corner? Uh, I mean, it is called Megan's Corner for a reason. So it's not Sam's Corner. So get out. <laughs> Yeah, my my corner's got a bunch of like dirty laundry and uh, half read books and protein Not bar wrappers. Yeah. <laughs> you painted a beautiful picture. <laughs> my life is uh, dirty clothes, uh, protein bars, and half read books. It's not bad. That could be a very long movie name. Hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. But uh, in this corner, it's more of. Just letting you know, we're on social media. We're on the things. You know where to find us. Uh, and you can email us your failures at friendsoffailurepodcast at gmail.com. It can be light like this episode. Tell us how you failed in travel. You got trapped at an airport. You lost a child. Probably not that one. No, like <laughs> you found the child after like that happy ending. You could tell like the story that we had where we accidentally melted crowns in the back of a pt cruiser back in the early 2000s uh and just returned the rental with a napkin over it uh if you had the same exact experience or whatever i don't really care we're going i'm pretty sure i rented that pt cruiser (laughs) in 2000 full circle in 2012 i got the the reckoning of those crayons oof yeah we were scared about that one (laughs) They make so many threats when you rent a car. Yeah, and then we never heard, like, my parents were like, if we have to pay for that, like, you're going to be in trouble. And then they never said anything. And we were like, we got away with it. It's great. <laughs> Your parents had to pay, like, a $3,000 bill to get <laughs> crayon wax out. Maybe maybe it melted again and evaporated or something. I don't know. I kind of imagine wax not being that hard to clean up, but that's obviously coming from a guy that's never had to clean up wax anything, so... Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Honestly, just throw the whole PT cruiser out. I don't know why they were ever a thing. They're not. <laughs> they don't need to be there. <laughs> just get rid of it. I have I have no idea um, of even why. I have no idea. I'm not gonna look <laughs> into it either. I don't. I don't want to know why. Um, well, awesome, everyone listening. I, I hope you enjoyed, and and we we both are grateful uh, for the support. And the uh, and the listening that that you just did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we will leave you uh, as we like to leave you every time, and that is 
life is happening for you, not to you. So go do something. Travel. Maybe. Hot pocket. Oh, wait. Oh, wrong thing. <laughs> Isn't that what people do when they travel is to eat hot pockets? <laughs> If it's not I'm stronger than you, it's I'm wiser than you, I'm more loving than you, I'm more tolerant than you, I'm more sophisticated than you. It doesn't matter what it is, but this constant competition is going on. This is the secret. This is the secret. can't make a mistake.